The Entrepreneur Adventure, giving entrepreneurs the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. You know, we said that we shouldn't do this. We said we couldn't do this. We said we wouldn't do this. But alas, my friends, we have gone and done it and created a two-part episode of the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast. I am your co-host, Josh Melton, the Sidekick Prophet. We all know, regardless of how I introduce these podcast episodes each week, that the true host of the podcast is Chad Brown, the serial CFO. He's a sensitive accountant. He's good with numbers and good with people. But most of all, he's good with podcasts. Today's episode is so rich in content, we had to make it two episodes. We didn't want to edit anything out and cheat you guys from the wisdom we got to experience with Clay Kirkland. Clay is a coaching consultant with wisdom and creativity consulting, but I call him Yoda. He's the wisest person I've ever met, and I think you'll find that my description of Clay is spot on in episode part one and part two. So the first part, we're going to talk about getting wisdom because Man, you know if you're an entrepreneur, you need it, and you need a lot of it. The second part, we talk about emotional intelligence and how much it can cost you. Sometimes what you don't know can really hurt you. But first, we need to get some wisdom. So here is part one with Clay Kirkland. Welcome, everybody, to the Entrepreneur Adventure. I'm so excited today. Uh, We have a guest, uh, Clay Kirkland. Clay I heard you present at a 12-2 a couple years ago. Uh, You focused on emotional intelligence. It was so eye-opening for me. It changed the way I approach business, how I approach business partners, uh, staff, team members. It was so educational and knowledge I'd never heard anywhere else. So I'm pumped today to have you. So excited to have you join Josh and I. And let's start out, man. Tell us a little bit about what you do now. Tell us a little bit about your story and uh, a little background. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. I can tell already. Uh, before we even got started, it was fun, so I guess we'll just keep rolling <laughs> rolling with that. But I'm a 42-year-old guy. I'm a coach and a consultant at this point. Uh, background before that was in nonprofit world. I helped uh, start an internship program for young adults that was really focused on uh, personal and leadership development. And then past 12 years, I've had uh, my own business where I've done coaching and consulting, and that's really changed and morphed uh, throughout the years. And now that's what I do full time. Awesome. And, and yeah, Josh is right from uh, the internship uh, program you created, which was through Wesley Foundation, it right? It was. Mm-hmm. We've used that. That has been, in one of our companies we own together, Athens Cleaning Company, that has been our primary tool for years of a place of hiring and focus because of the training and the leadership mm-hmm. that you all are teaching there and have developed there is is phenomenal so it's been a really cool resource for us <laughs> and a place we've been uh, trying to steal people from for years yeah, so yeah. We, we prefer you not send us an invoice for that but ultimately <laughs> you've right. been in yeah let's for do us. some math there and see what i can get for you but no that was the point of it really it wasn't about um or it wasn't simply about what they could do for us there because we knew that they wouldn't stay very long it was about what they're going to do afterwards and so it's it's good for me to see. I used to tell every intern class, I'd say, hey, I can't measure my success on how you function here because it's pretty ideal in what you're about to experience. We had fine-tuned it to where it was, a, for most people, a pretty robust, excellent adventure. 
but I said, I'm going to judge myself two, three, five years down the road when I hear what you're doing or see what you're doing, and then I'll be able to see if what we were actually teaching you worked. And so to see some ex-interns every now and again working in places and doing things that, that y'all are excited about, that's where I'm like, okay, it worked. You know, that's good. <laughs> yeah, man. That's really cool. Yeah. So from the beginning, it sounds like this was a long-term, big-picture approach. Were you hired to do that? Was that a vision you had? Were you always a long-term, big-picture thinker? How did that translate from a growing and a building standpoint? Yeah, I was in college uh, involved at the Wesley Foundation when started to kind of formulate a vision for what could happen there. Um, so I was hired for it, but I had to convince the guy there that he should hire me to do it because um, it wasn't happening at the point. And I came in as a 21-year-old uh, with a, a vision paper, and I had knew an older adult that I called and said, hey, when I have all these ideas, what do I do? And he said, you vision paper. And so he, he sent me his, and I just literally copied and pasted it. Um, with the help of that little Microsoft paperclip at the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Right. You're sticking That's right. Chad's language yes. now, man. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was a lifesaver. And so um, <laughs> just slid this paper across the desk as a pretty brash, confident 21-year-old. And um, the guy was really gracious and in, liked the idea. But he took that nine pages and circled one paragraph and said, you can start with this. And okay. So, so, but going, so at this point though, like you weren't already employed? No, I was a college student. It said, hey, I have all of these visions and dreams and y'all are really doing some stuff wrong. I think you should hire somebody and pay them X amount of dollars <laughs> to do this. And he's sitting right here in front of you. That's right. Yeah, I was, I, was, I, I believed I was the answer. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I was going to ask you that next. Yeah. Did you sell yourself as, hey, here's the vision and I'm, I'm the guy? A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Good. So was that a new train of thought for you, or had you always been such a out of the box, big picture entrepreneur thinker? Or was this? No, it was my, that was definitely my first uh, stab at it. But uh, I think I'd always I'd always been a creative thinker, uh -huh. thinking of of looking at what was there, but then thinking about what could be there. Mm -hmm. So that was um, that wasn't new, but this was definitely virgin voyage into sliding my thoughts across the table and saying, "I'm the guy for this." That's awesome. Sorry. Yeah. Right, so you do that. You start the internship program yeah. there. You grow it to become a very successful. Yeah, it grew. Program. Yeah, it, it did grow, and um, we had some learning curves and some growing pains, which were really important. That was that was. I would never take away those first couple of years where I was failing more than I was succeeding. I learned how to fail forward at that point, and um, that really helped. And eventually, I, s I had enough resilience and grit to stay there long enough to make all the mistakes that you could, and then I eliminated all the bad options, and then the path forward was <laughs> <Okay>. pretty easy. <laughs> like a multiple choice test. Like, yeah. I know the wrong answer, it's yes. gotta be this way. Yeah, I just got retests and retests, and then I got it, and so that's when it really started to take off. So the first couple of years, it, it grew a little bit, and then probably 2007, 2008, it, it doubled at one point, and then it got to where uh, my last year there, we had 80 interns in the oh, program. Wow. How long were you there before you started saying, oh, you know what, I'm going to do this or do something outside of this full-time gig I have. I'm going to be a consultant on the side. Yeah, so um, I had a few just people ask me questions like, hey, you should uh, help me out with this thinking because we'd like to do this at, at our campus or we'd like to do this with our organization. It's like, I don't even know what to tell you. Because at that point, it was so fast. I was having to deal with what was urgent instead of thinking beyond 
anything. So it was just, the growth was so fast. Um, but really, I just, it was one of those other opportunities that when you, you look at it and say, hey, if I take this, I think it'll work. Um, I had recently got um, a certification in the Gallup Strengths Finder assessment because I wanted to do it with our staff. And I got a call six weeks after I got that certification in the mail. And a friend of a friend said, hey, I heard you do this thing with teams. Can you do it for my sales company and my pharmaceutical group up in Boston? And he said, I'm assuming that you've done this with sales groups. And so I had to take a little You had to send him turn. a vision sheet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to do a little, a little white line. I was like, yeah, I've done this with a lot of people. So that was... It, it wasn't exactly answering his question, but it was like, yeah, I can do this. Fake Basically, it till you make it. I had to it. fake it till you make it. That's right. I like so, to say, faith it till you make yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. I so like that's that. a better Christian answer. I appreciate sure. that. Yep. I'll start. I might steal that from you. <laughs> so flew up to Boston, worked with a group of nine people uh, all day long, trying to help them understand themselves and how they can work better as a team. And they liked it. And so that day, I got a copied on an email to every... Uh, district manager in the country in that pharmaceutical company and they said hey I just worked with this consultant so I was like oh I'm a consultant now that's fantastic <laughs> oh man and, I had uh, that on the sheet man. <laughs> I had arrived he, he it was really I it was he said how much do I charge you I was like how much do you charge the last consultant and he told me I was like that's how much you go with and uh, it was really I had no clue and um, so then I was labeled as a consultant in that pharmaceutical company and a week later I got another call and I still have a contract with that pharmaceutical oh, wow. company. So you've maintained so, twelve years your relationship with that client. Yes, twelve years. What an amazing story! Yeah. You weren't even pursuing or seeking no. consulting at the time; it wasn't even on your radar. But you're such growth-minded mm. and confident in your skills and ability as an entrepreneur. You got a call or an email, and it wasn't just, "Hey, man, you come over." the other side of town to my company and help do some Correct. training it was well you fly to boston yeah huge corporation huge yeah and have the confidence to do it and take the risk and put yourself out there and i'm sure you at that point like spent a lot of time planning and prepping and put a lot Absolutely. of work into yes. the success of what that was going to look like and still continue to enjoy the fruits of its labor right now That's what's right. funny is that he sold awesome. himself a job <laughs> in the beginning of this and then some other dude sold him into a business That's right. yeah. years down the road was, yeah and i mean it was i mean i'm very fortunate that was that was very fortunate right uh but just as you alluded to it was what marked me was when i went and got trained the facilitator who trained me that week just knew every question to every or knew every answer to every question that was asked to him. He was genius in that field of that strengths finder assessment. And walking away from that, I had learned some things about the assessment, but what I really walked away with was if I'm gonna do this, I need to be able to do it like him. And so mm. right after I got that first gig, I was not even where close to being able to do it like him. But I said, I, I need to become him as fast as possible. So that was when I started to do a lot of work by myself, hours a day, creating different scenarios for me to work with this type of group or work with this type of person, just fabricating them in, on my whiteboards and saying, okay, if they had this, then I would need to say this. And just creating, I created my own library of information on, based on this assessment so that I could become an expert in it. So you had the passion of wanting to be an expert in the best yes. at what you were doing there. Yes. Now, was this driven by, I want to make sure 
I deliver value or I want to leverage this into making a lot of money? What was what was pushing that passion at the time yeah. on learning? Yeah, it's like two things. Uh, internally, it was excellence. I've always had a drive to do things. If I'm going to do it, I need to do it well. And um, I just learned that growing up and saw that from people uh, growing up, just parents, friends, and mentors that I had and said, that's, that's a, a, a life worth living. If you're going to do it, do it well. So that was an internal driver. The external driver was I want to provide something for people that will actually help them not just give me a paycheck and and it gave them something to think about but then they were finished with it it was more of hey this is actually gonna make them better so if I'm if I can do it well and it makes them better it's a win-win money and opportunities will come after that but it was really I need to do it well because I have excellence as a driver and then they need something in return or that's an unfair thing that I just provided for them so, so were you all in on developing the skills immediately after you got the certification because of the example that was shared with mm -hmm. you? Or was it the call from the guy in Boston that created that urgency, like, I gotta get this stuff figured out? Yeah, so the call from Boston was more of, hey, I need to put together a program. Okay. Like, cause I did, he said, I'm sure you can do this. And I said, yes, I didn't have a program. I, I just was like, okay, I need but a But you were already doing that, like, hustle to get better. Yes, but okay. I was only six weeks into it. I yeah. And I wasn't there yet. So I was like, okay, I need to, I need something to where it will be a value to them. But I, I once I finished it and I saw that, hey, I can, if I know this much a little bit, and it's a value. What if I knew everything, and what kind of value could I bring to them? Yeah, so cool, man. To, to see it too from the standpoint of after you do the class, you figure out like, man, okay, I want to be good at this, and I recognize what greatness is because I just saw it. And so I'm going to start working on that. Because a lot of people would be like, oh, I need to, man, that was awesome when that guy just did. I need to work on that. But they'd almost make, like wait for an opportunity to come. And so you're putting in the work, so then you get the call. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And it's like. You're ready for the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, you're already yeah, in training. Right. Yeah, so you didn't sure. have the program, but you already have like the study skills. Like, I'm getting yeah. ready for this. That prepared you for that. Because if sure. you hadn't done that, who do, you know, do you still answer it the same way or not? Oh, and I don't think it would have gone as well. So. And, and I think it goes back. We've talked about this before. Um I believe uh, one of the, uh, I heard it the first time uh, from one of Instagram co-founders, Kevin Sistrom, said, you know, everybody gets lucky and everybody has opportunity. You really successful people know how to take advantage of that yeah. when that call comes, that email comes across the board. And for you, yeah. you weren't ready for that. You no. weren't prepared, but you <laughs> saw an opportunity. You saw a way to leverage something. And yeah. like, I need to take advantage of that. And I need Absolutely. to take that opportunity. I think it's really cool. And that's, probably what sets apart a lot of people from never starting their entrepreneurial venture versus somebody like you that grabbed it by the horns and ran with it and yeah and was able to develop uh, where you're at today it's awesome so you're running with this you get your full-time your director with the wesley foundation yep. you're still running an internship program you're developing these kids to go all over the country and probably all over the world mm -hmm. with the strengths and skills you're helping develop within them correct and you got this side business yeah. as a consultant because you've been labeled a consultant now. right how long were you doing both? How long were you, could, you know, moonlighting as a consultant, right. flying around the country, I'm sure, mm -hmm. before you made the decision, of, all right, I'm going full-time, everything, all in on being a consultant? Yeah. 12 years. 12 years. Mm -hmm. All right. Did both. Walk us through that for a second. Because for a lot of people who are listening, they, they do, like, they're, they're trying to leverage, like, sure. I got the full-time gig going, but I really want to do this side gig I got going. How do I get 
They are not thinking 12 years. <laughs> They're not thinking that seems like years. an eternity to it an does. excited, passionate yeah. uh, entrepreneur. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so the primary thing there was um, that vision paper. I still have it um, on my computer, even though the little paper clip's gone. But <laughs> he retired. Yeah, you know, he's gone, but that's too bad. Um, it was nine pages worth, and I, I didn't want to finish until I saw those nine pages come to pass because I, I was dedicated to seeing the full picture of what I could see in my mind with my eyes closed. I wanted to see it with my eyes open. And so it took a long time to get to the place because I had, as a 21-year-old, made it a pretty big vision. It wasn't just, hey, we should start something and, and increase your staff here. It was multi-layered and how they would go out to the different places in the country and the world and what they would come out looking like and so on and so forth. And so most of that was there. As I was there so long doing both because I wanted to see what I started with to the finish. Um, I eventually got to the point to where I started, um, I had to request more time off from Wesley in order to fulfill all the things that I was being requested of from the consulting side. So I kind of spent four years half and half, maybe waiting, you know, one, one foot on the log that was consulting and one foot on the log that was Wesley. And then finally jumped over to the consulting log. So at some point though, you feel like the vision sheet that you created as a 21 year old, seemingly somewhat punk kid to be able to, yeah, to sling it arrogant, in there. for sure. But you were able to, to see that vision. Every part of it. That's awesome. So yeah. let's stop for a second. Mm-hmm. You created this nine page vision board as a 21 year old. Yep. I don't know that I created anything nine pages <laughs> as a 21 year old. Yeah. Was this because of this mentor? Or is this something you'd been taught? How did you even have the insight or the knowledge or the passion to do that? Where did that come from? Yeah, I think I think the hard work part was a, um, that's just a gift, I think, primarily from my dad. He had to work really hard, grew up in a children's home, mm-hmm. um, put himself through law school by having a job, uh, driving a school bus and then in between school bus route working and then going to night law school because he just came for nothing so uh, that was our background and he's a successful lawyer now but um, knowing what he had to come out of sure there were kind of no excuses for the opportunities that my brother and I had been given so hard work was there and um, seeing something through because he he wanted to become something great out of nothing and so that's just the example that I had all my life and really, um, when it comes to the nine pages worth, I couldn't, and I don't mean this like it was a fairy tale, but there were times where I just couldn't stop the ideas. It's not, I, I wasn't there going, I wonder what I could put on this page as much as it was, how do I contain all the things that, are, that I want to see happen? The vision was really clear. Um, that, that was, the vision part's never hard for, for me. I don't think it's hard for most entrepreneurs, right? That's, yeah. that's why they're into it. Sure. Yeah, they, the steps they to can, get there is the hard part. They can see yeah, where absolutely. they want to be. They can see where they want the company to go. They can see the disruption they want to present in a certain field or whatever else, right? So that wasn't the hard part. It was, the hardest part was when he took that nine pages and circled a paragraph. And then I had to deal with, all right, I only get 1% of an opportunity to do what I want to do. Do I have the discipline to do that? So, yeah, let's dive into that because that's where most people struggle. They can see the vision. They can see the success and the reward at the end of the rainbow. What are the steps it takes to get there and to have the discipline and work ethic to do it? For you, 
circling that one paragraph, I assume it was still a big picture item. You had sure. to come back and build the steps mm -hmm. and the tools to do it. And here's a 21 year old or however old you were at the time, having yeah. no idea how to do that. What, what taught you, how did you start building the steps? Where did you start or how did you back up from step 50 to step one? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think a big part of that is just uh, determining what priorities should be uh, and then having the humility to say that you got it wrong. And so mm -hmm. it's just easy to, to guess and to get it wrong, but getting it wrong doesn't mean that you've failed. It just means that you've eliminated an option that you shouldn't repeat. And so that was a big part of, I think, the the growth there for personally for me and for the the opportunity that we had there to develop it because it was I think that we need to do this let's try it and it was that will I had no fear to try something uh, which is very helpful and if you do have that fear you just have to learn how to get over it because you're gonna have to find out if if the ideas that are in your in your head the passion that's in your heart will work and you're only gonna find that out if you do it so I would try it immediately and then reprioritize when I needed to. Did you ever really struggle with fear or doubt that your vision wouldn't come to fruition? Um, I, there were times, yeah, where I was like, I don't see how this is going to happen. Um, but, you know, if you're, if you're looking at a clear picture and it turns cloudy, right? So they add cloudy days, right? Cloudy seasons. But um, I couldn't turn off the drive that I had to see it, see it work. So at that point it was, okay, if I can't see a thousand feet ahead of me, can I see... 10 feet ahead of me and if I can then now I've reprioritized my my wins as 10 foot wins instead of a thousand foot wins that's awesome sorry so on this conversation about vision yeah and seeing things come to pass at some point in time you're like I can't keep 50 50 percent over here 50 percent over here yeah did that same level of vision go into your consulting business so when you decided to leave Wesley I'm going all in mm -hmm. is there a nine sheet vision statement or vision sheet for consulting like t tell us about that process yeah for you to do that yeah so that was it was different process because I was able to develop it much much more on a continuum because it was this thing that I didn't need to pay our bills or anything like that it was something that I just enjoyed and um, really wanted to invest in other people in those ways and, and when I had the opportunity I was really grateful so it always came out of that, that place of passion and that place of, hey, I'm, I'm providing a service for people and I love that. But it also gave me that opportunity to start developing skills that I would want to then give to other people without this pressure of, hey, I need to develop these in six weeks or else, or I can't start this job until I have this certification or this degree or whatever else. I was able to accumulate those. And so I definitely have, um, mission and vision, critical actions, key characteristics about the consulting that I do. Um, but it it didn't all come into this one paper, this one point, and I slide it across the table oh. as much as it was. I was able to, to take pieces of it and then slowly accumulate to where I wanted it to be. We have an exciting opportunity for you and your business. Thursday, October 8th, the Stronger Business Summit at the Classic Center, Athens, Georgia. It's going to be an awesome speaker business conference, in-person speakers, all-day event. You do not want to miss it. This conference will revitalize and strengthen you as a business owner. It's going to help renite your passion for chasing your goals. It's going to help you grow yourself and grow your business. It's going to be the first conference held in the new hybrid conference model. This is a social distance format. 
offering you a chance to engage safely on your own terms and whatever level you feel comfortable. You do not want to miss this. To purchase your ticket to learn more, go to strongerbusiness.com. $75 in-person experience, $50 virtual. Check it out. We'll see you there. So switching and transitioning from Wesley into the consulting mm -hmm. for any entrepreneur on their journey to grow and to scale, you have to continue to step out of positions and step yep. into new positions. This is a major step for you. Yep. Not only did you take this step, you transitioned from a place you invented, that you mm -hmm. grew, that you put th that many years in. Right. Was that hard for you to let go? Was it hard for you to walk away from and pass that torch? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was it, it was helpful that I'd seen all the things that I wanted to see come to pass, but um, it, it, it was the thing that I'd given myself to. Uh, sacrificed for. Uh, my wife and I both had done that for 19 years. Um, and so to give that away, to walk away, not to give it to someone else because it, it, it got to the point, and, I, and this is in no way like, hey, I'm great. So I, if, if you hear it that way, then I'm really sorry. Come talk to my wife. You'll find out that I'm not. But um, it got to that point almost where it was in that legacy place of it's it wasn't just about me anymore and it didn't even need me anymore. Sure. And that was really where I wanted it to go was I didn't, I didn't want it to hang on my shoulders even though I carried the burden of it for a long time because it was such an, a, an infantile stage and needed to, mm -hmm. needed to grow. But it got to that point to where, hey, this is much bigger than me. It's, it's gonna continue on and it was gonna be in good hands. And so it was just the sadness of, man, I, I loved what I did there. So I didn't leave going, I hate this place, you know, yeah. or I hate this job. It was, man, I loved it from day one and loved it at the end of 19 years. Yeah, it's like your first kid, right? It was, I yeah. mean, you birthed this vision and you're like, raised it for 19 raised years. It, yeah. And, and released then, it. Yeah, released it. So it was definitely hard, but not in, um, not in a way that because things were bad or anything like that. It's just because I loved it. So how did you switch so. gears? You go from this again, creating this business within a ministry. Yes growing it, meeting everything you ever wanted to meet, you met with it, and you're like, all right, I'm moving on. Yeah. How do you switch gears? You know, I, like, all right, I'm all in over here now. I honestly just went back to what I knew would work. Okay. And so um, at the beginning, remember, I, I would just, I said yes to an opportunity. So at this stance um, in my life, or this stage of my life, I said, I'm going to say yes to anything that comes across the table. And um, I... I did that, but the, I'd say the thing that I had learned, and uh, I probably read it in a book, so I'm stealing someone else's credit. So this isn't mine, but I learned it somewhere. I've read too many books to remember which ones, but um, I basically went, I picked 20, 20 people and asked them to breakfast, lunch, coffee, or dinner, and said, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna tell you about myself, and I'm gonna ask you two questions. And I said, if you can afford me the time, I'll, I think I'll gain a lot from it. And so this was, this was leading up to the point to where I was going to leave. I knew I was going to leave, and so I, this is what I did in preparation. 20 people, and they were the, the rules were they had to be older than me and smarter than me. So that wasn't hard because I'm only 42, and I'm not that bright. So I would spend about 20 minutes telling them my story, even if they knew it. I'd say, I just want you to hear my story. So 20 minutes there, and then I'd say, 
what do you hear in my story and who do I need to know that you know? And I did that 20 times. Amazing. And I, I had four people in a row. Um, again, they don't know, they didn't know each other. They just had four people in a row tell me the exact same thing that they heard a part in my story. And um, we can talk about that if you want to, but then I also had a guy that I met with and he said, I host a um, small business conference every year. You should speak at it. And I said, okay. And so I did and in May uh, when I left. And then a guy there said, I host um, this business thing in North Georgia. Would you come speak at it? I said, absolutely. I just lead with a yes. And just started to build out uh, contacts and referrals through that and been, been busy. That's awesome. So go back. So you said you had four, I think four people. Yeah. Say, say the same thing in a row. And uh, so I, because they were business minded, right? And I, and I was in the nonprofit world. I tried to speak as much as I could to, hey, I've been doing this consulting thing for 12 years. I've been working with this company or this industry, and this is what I've developed skills. And I said, but in the meantime, you know, I've also done this internship program and it's been young adults, this nonprofit. And it it grew from here to there. And so I, that was the minor part of the story. But four, four guys in a row said, if you could teach people what you know about working with young adults, because they, they were fascinated by the fact that every person that worked at Wesley never got paid. It was an unpaid internship. They said, you have this kind of retention rate and this type of growth rate, and there's zero financial incentive. They actually have to, interns had to pay to work at or, Wesley. Or get jobs at cleaning companies. Or get jobs at a cleaning that's company. Right. Yes. So that was that's where y'all come in. So thank you for that. That's when we sponsored the golf yeah, tournament. That's right. So we scratched each other's back, right? <laughs> and um, they said if you can motivate people to stay and do a job where there's no financial incentive, there's actually they lose money doing it. And I said if you can teach people what you've harnessed, then you'll never not have a job. They said that four times in oh, a row. Wow. And so when that fifth guy said, I have a business conference, you should speak at it. I said, I will. And he said, what are you gonna speak on? And I said, I'm gonna speak on millennials. And oh, it all know. came together, yeah. you knew your topic. And he said, great, we've never had someone talk about that before. And I said, I'm your guy. And really, when it comes down to it, there aren't as many people, aren't that many people out there who would have had the experience right. that you had right. spending time with and I mean, creating yeah. this whole program for millennials before we really even say in millennials, right? Correct. You yeah. just oh, I had, yeah, yeah, no idea. I just worked with them, and that was the cool thing. Was the fourth guy that I met with when he said that? He said, "I mean, I, you probably that's you probably been with them the whole time." He said, "Let's check." So he pulls out his phone and just Google's millennials, and and you know, there's a people have different opinions at one year to next year, whatever else, but there's a general rule, and I think it. I don't know if it was. Pew or Gallup or whoever was measuring it, but it was the year that I started the internship program was the first year a millennial came out of college. And then the last year that I finished the internship was the last year a millennial came out of college. So how long were you at Wesley? 19 years. So here's the extraordinary part of the story for me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's what I feel like is unheard of now in the culture of entrepreneurial environment and people starting or stepping out into another career path. You were at Wesley for 19 years. Mm -hmm. You consulted for 12 years. Yeah. By all things considered, you're an expert in both those areas at that point. You had grown two extraordinarily successful businesses in two very different paths. Right. You still 
were growth-minded enough and humbled enough to not think you knew everything. 19 years and 12 years of experience, you still called 20 people yeah. and wanted to sit down and know what they thought. If you had not had took, if you had not had called those 20, those 20 people, if you had not went down that path, would you be where you're at today? Oh, absolutely not. Would no. you, it, it was, did uh, that help determine rod the me. success of the absolutely. consultant? Yeah, absolutely. Such a valuable lesson, I, I feel like, it. for everybody doing anything, yeah. uh, having outside consultants yeah. and mentors. Is, well, and as Clay shared his story so far, there's been several instances of where you, where you reference a mentor or a model. Mm-hmm. Uh, your dad is a yep. model of you know bringing yourself up from not a successful background to being successful. You yeah. mentioned that you stole that vision sheet from someone. For sure. That gave you that guidance. Yep. You put your, subjected yourself under the director for Wesley, who obviously would have served in a mentor-type role, mm-hmm. and then you reached out to these, these yeah. people. So you're different. looking for mentorship Absolutely. consistently. Even yeah. 20 years into this deal, when you're the guy, you're still yeah. asking people. Here's one thing, too. I think a lot of your young business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, young people starting out on their journey don't realize... For the three of us here, we're all 20 plus years experience into doing multiple things. If anybody ever calls you and says, hey, I'd like to take you to coffee and get your help or advice, right. we would never say no. Yeah. As entrepreneurs, as, as stories, as things we've experienced, I feel like we kind of live to give back yeah. and to help and answer questions and guide. And a lot of younger people, I don't think, realize how open and interested older successful entrepreneurs are in sitting down and talking and yeah. giving advice so I, if you're a listener today i would encourage call those 20 people reach yeah. out you'll probably get 20 yeses yeah which 100%. is uh, contradicting yeah. what most people think would happen well yeah. though our media may portray it as if someone is successful then they probably stepped all over people to get successful in reality most people who've reached success in life have done so by blessing and benefiting other people. So they're therefore, and being blessed and benefited by more successful people. Yeah. So they're willing to give it back. And yeah. he's like, I mean, I had these guys reach out, or I reached out to these guys when I was coming up. So I'm going to, you know, return the favor, pay it forward, so to speak. So absolutely, good point, Chad. Yeah, no, I think it's great. You know, there's a there's a proverb uh, I really appreciate, uh, and it says the the first step to wisdom is get wisdom. And I used to stare at that and just like course like that you know not not <laughs> not letting that sink in and eventually i remember it was several years ago and it sunk in it was like hey you have to in you have to go get it like you you don't have it you so you have to accept that and you have to go get it and and so it's been it's been easy to ask for it because i realized hey this is the first step you actually have to go get it and so talking to those guys was was great i'll tell you a funny story um about those guys so one of the one of the guys that I talked to that were the four that said, hey, this thing about millennials, um, that was the only nice thing he said. So I, <laughs> I, I spent um, you know, 20 minutes telling my story and then asked him those questions. And he didn't answer those questions. Uh, he said, all right, you've had your time to talk. Here's my time to talk. I don't, I've never, uh, I, I was told to talk to this guy by another guy. So I'd only interact with this guy very, very little. He said, this is how many businesses I've started. This is how many businesses I've sold. This is how much money I'm worth. And just told me his resume was very impressive. And um, I thought you and Chad just met today. Yeah, I know. So Chad, appreciate you. He's not going to try to embarrass you too much here. But um, I was 12 at the time. <laughs> he said, um, he said, yeah, you're, you're not going to make it. 
He said, based on what you want to do right now, based on your skills right now, he said, you're not going to make it. Wow. And I said, okay. And I said, well, I appreciate your time. He says, but, he said, if you can figure out, he said, if you could have told me how to deal with all these young people, then you would have, you would have been successful. I got to know your, your emotion yeah. in this meeting and after the meeting. Yeah, so, I mean, first, I, I held my tongue for sure. I mean, he's an older guy, respected guy, and I was given an opportunity to talk to him. So I, I was nice to him. When I got off the phone, I called Deborah. I said, you don't, you won't mess my wife. You won't imagine what I just heard. And uh, I, I took that as a learning opportunity to say, okay, if maybe, what if he's right? Like, what, what am I missing? Like, what do I need to learn from, from what I said, from what he said? Do I need to fill a gap? Do I need to learn something else? So that, it was helpful. Not discouraged, challenge. No, no, challenge, for a, sure. Yeah, yeah, challenge. I was like, I want to prove him wrong. How and, early was he? All right, so you talked to 20 people yeah. overall. Where was he at in the... Number three. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So the third oh. guy you talked to yeah. drops a bomb on yeah. you. It gives you a little ray of sunshine, at for least sure. as far as in. Like, if you could have solved this problem years ago, I would have hired you. That's right. And you're not new this. This is 12 years 12 into years consulting. In, yeah. said you're not going to make it. But the cool thing was, Man, um, it goes full circle because that was so nine months later. I speak at that business conference that that guy had invited me to on millennials, and but you know I, I I'm I like public speaking. I don't get really nervous. Um, the bigger the crowd, the better for me. So um, I'm standing there on the side, and I'm about to walk up on the stage, and I look out in the crowd, and that guy's in the crowd. He's in the crowd, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm about to have to speak. I'm about to speak to him about the thing that he said. This is the only way you'd make it." And uh, so I spoke, did my little thirty-minute thing, and came off the stage. And he was one of the first people that came up to me. He did not remember us talking. No way. Zero recollection. Or he's genius actor because he was like, great. "I'm so and so. That was amazing. That's this the kind of stuff we need." He's like, "I would love for you to come speak to my group." Um, uh, cause he's, he's like, can we sit down for yeah. coffee sometime? <laughs> he has an entrepreneur. I'd love to hear your story. He has a CEO peer group that he runs, and he says, I want you to come do this to my CEO peer group. And I said, I'd be happy to, sir. And did you uh, ever connect those? Did you ever mention I it? Never mentioned I'll it stay yeah, away no. from that. I was like, hey, this is an opportunity. I'm not going to ruin it. But, and uh, the truth of the matter is, this man, this is a valuable piece this of information, too. Because you might have just caught that guy on the wrong day. Like, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. maybe he's not discouraging all the time. Maybe he had had a conversation yeah. with his wife before he came. Absolutely. With you. It, wasn't, it didn't go well. Yeah. So that's awesome. You didn't get discouraged and stay discouraged by that. You right. saw, again, get wisdom. Like, there's for some sure. wisdom in this. What there you is. Learned. Yeah, there was. So, your strengths finder, your certified strengths finder. Uh huh. What are your five top strengths? My top five are strategic, ideation, maximizer, uh, activator, and command. Okay. So he took command of that guy when he was speaking. That's Did you right. look at the guy when you're talking? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He was one of my points of reference. Because I always pick out <laughs> someone on the left, the center, and the right. And he was, he was the guy on my left. But he was actually super helpful. Like, honestly, after when I came and spoke to his peer group, um, I did that. It was a three-hour thing. And he then had everyone go around the room and tell me what they learned. He had people give me critiques. He wrote it all down. He's like, I'd love to help you in any way. Like, he, he just had no recollection that he had just trashed me nine months ago and uh so it's turned out to be a good contact man i pray that same prayer that all the people (laughs) i've trashed completely forget that i've trashed them you know so so hold on now i think we missed a speaking tip there yeah pro tip here when you're speaking you pick somebody to the left the center center, and and the right right. yeah three best who you keep focusing on during your presentation Uh uh-huh and and they'll either be the people that i know aren't paying attention 
so it's not going to bother me. I was just like, hey, you're good. So I'll see a guy on his phone, like he's my point of reference, or it's someone who nods a lot because then they're encouraging you the whole time. They're just sitting there going. Was this guy a nodder? Uh, he was taking notes. Okay. So I was like, he was yeah, he's going to, it's like, this guy this is, is taking notes on my talk. This is great. That's yeah. why I love this podcast. Yeah. I learned so much. Oh, yeah. Left, center, right. Every time. You only talk to three people. I mean, the whole, I would have been up there thinking, I'm changing this dude's life right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was loving the challenge. I was like, this is, I'm going to make a splash on him. And uh, and it was great. So, That's awesome. Yeah. So as a consultant, you're you're talking to companies, I'm assuming about the Strengths Finder. Sure. Mm-hmm. Also going to assume, are you still talking to them about millennials or growing a younger yep. workforce? Yeah. What are the other now. things that you are leading companies in uh, discovering? Yeah, doing a lot of business um, culture work, uh, just the, either the creation of it or the maturation of it. Um, do a lot of emotional intelligence work. That's another assessment that I work with that's for sure gained in popularity and effectiveness. Uh, Harvard Business Review came out two years ago, I think, or maybe three, that said 80% of the performance measures that differentiate between top performers and everyone else are in the wheelhouse of emotional intelligence. So when you get that kind of endorsement, then people want to want to find out what that's all about. Okay. So emotional so, intelligence then, yeah. per Harvard, would say... That, that's the difference maker. It's the or difference a, maker. A, a major impact player. Yeah, 80% difference and, and I will say, listen, you talk about emotional intelligence yeah. and the numbers behind it. It painted the picture and perfectly presented itself in the failures of opportunity between business partners and For employees sure. and managers I'd yeah. had in the past. Like, I, I could clearly see the path of where that went wrong. Yeah, it I didn't explains understand a lot it. of things, It right? does. <laughs> I, it was like yeah. the my, most eye-opening thing, and I want to dive yeah. into that more. Yeah. And, and let's share that with our audience. But before we do, I got a question for sure. you. Sure. So now you're into this consulting, you're speaking at business conferences, you're going to CEO peer groups. I mean, yep. this is high level. Yeah. So I get the first trip to Boston. Hey, pay me whatever you paid the last consultant. Yeah. How are you determining your rate at this point? How are you figuring out what to charge? Um, how often to charge? How to set those parameters? Yeah. It, I really just asked a lot of people over the years when I would meet a consultant. I'd say, hey, do you mind me asking you some questions? And I'd say, I'm new to this, or I'm, this is just a side gig for me. Um, what does it look like for you to do this? What is it? Why do you charge the way you charge? And I've learned some great things, you know, about multiplying rates of if you're speaking for an hour, you multiply it times four because of the preparation and the travel and just different mm -hmm. things like that to, to accumulate. And people always or often will complain about the cost of a consultant or cost of a team building thing but it's it's the work behind it and it's it's so much of the work that you do that you don't get paid for sure all the meetings that you meet with and you know the, everyone that's in that meeting on the business side of things it's their job to work for that company so they're getting paid for that meeting I, I get zero money for those meetings you get zero money for that prep time it's it's those kind of things that say hey you gotta you gotta compensate for this but yeah I really just ask people such a consistent pattern here of being humble enough yep. to ask questions Gotta of ask. people that have been there or done that yep. and find mentors yep. and answers yep. into somebody from what somebody else has already done. You're not yep. trying to re reinvent the wheel. It's getting no. wisdom. Yeah. I mean, it's a, we don't it's, have to learn everything through our own experience. Yeah. We can find out from other people who've been Why there. Trial and error when you can find out somebody's already been through been done that. Yeah, yeah I mean, honestly, really cool. the trial and error is going to be when you're trying to apply what you've learned, right? That's, you're right. still going to fail. Sure. You're going to get it right the first time. Right. But yeah. at least you're 
running off an idea that's been proven successful elsewhere instead of being like, hey, I have a thought. You know, <laughs> I have that's an ignorant right. thought that I don't know is ignorant <laughs> yet. Let me try it. I know something. So, emotional intelligence. Yeah. Start us from scratch. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Entrepreneur Adventure. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please be sure to like and subscribe to The Entrepreneur Adventure wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on the web at www.theentrepreneuradventure.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And remember, The Entrepreneur Adventure does not have to be traveled alone, but is a journey to be shared. We'll catch you next time on Entrepreneur Adventure, where we give you the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before.